We learned earlier on in the second parak that the main mitzvah of Yibim Chalitza is placed upon the oldest Yavam. Although any brother can do it, it is learned from Psukim that ideally the main mitzvah is placed upon the oldest Yavam to complete the Yibim Chalitza. And the Mishnah repeats that law, Mitzvah Godol Yabim, the mitzvah is upon the oldest Yavam to do Yibim. Now what happens if Leiratza, he did not want to do Yibim, it could be that he didn't mind doing Chalitza, but the point is, he refused to do Yibum. Says the Mishnah, We go to all of the other brothers and ask them to perform Yibum. So we see from this Mishnah that Yibum is preferable to Chalitza. The Pasuk says, if the Yavim does not want to do Yibum, so then he should do Chalitza. But the main ideal Mitzvah is to do Yibum. So it's better that a different brother do Yibum than the oldest brother do Chalitza. However, Leirotso, if they didn't want to give him either, then Chizneitz Lagodo, we go back to the oldest brother, Vaimirulai, and say to him, Olecho Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is upon you, Echalotso Yabem. Either do Chalitza or Yibum. Of course, ideally, Yibum should be done, but even if Chalitza is going to be done, it is still preferable that the oldest son does Chalitza rather than a different son, because again, the main Mitzvah is placed upon the oldest son. Mishnevov. What happens if Toliba Cotton Achiagdil, the oldest son, said that he is relying on the younger son and he'll wait for him until he grows up? Let's say there's two brothers of the dead man, one is an adult already, but one of them is under the age of Bar Mitzvah. So he's not yet yet able to fulfill the real Mitzvah of Yibum, at least on a Midaraisa level. So the oldest Yavam says, I'm not saying I'm not going to do Yibum, however I want to wait to see if the younger brother, when he reaches the age, whether he will do Yibum or not. And then if he doesn't do it, so then I'll do Yibum. Alternatively, what happens if the oldest Yavam is not around, he's gone abroad? So in that case, they go to the next oldest Yavam who is available to do Yibum. So if he says that, He says, let's wait for the oldest Yavam until he returns from abroad, and he should do Yibum. If he says he's not going to do Yibum, then I might do Yibum. Or if the Yavam says that his other brother who is deaf and dumb, or who is mad, he should do Yibum. So it could be he says they should do Yibum now, or he says let's wait until they become healthy again, and then he'll do Yibum. So the truth is, if a Cheresh or Shaita, a deaf and dumb person or a mad person, if they do perform Yibum, it is valid. However, if there is somebody else available to do Yibum, then certainly we get them to do so, because at least Midra Bonon, if the Shomeris Yovim herself does not want to do Yibum, we do not force her to do Yibum. And chances are, she does not want to do Yibum with a Cheresh or a Shaita. So in all of these cases, in Shomelo, we do not listen to this Yavam. El Omelo, we say to him, right now, you are the oldest Yavam who is available to do Yibum. We're not going to wait. Olecha Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is upon you. Echaloitz Oyabeim. Either perform chalitza now or do yibum. And one of the reasons is because it's not fair on the woman to have to wait so long before being able to get married again. And so we force the oldest yavam who is available to do yibum to either do yibum or to free her by doing chalitza. Mishnah Zayin. The halach is that if a man dies, if he has children, then his children inherit him. If he does not have any children, then the next one in line is the man's father. If his father is still alive, then his father would inherit all of his property. Now, if the father is also not alive, then the next ones in line are the brothers of the man who died. So the Mishnah is going to discuss a case, at least right at the beginning, where the man who died, of course, didn't have any children, because we're discussing a case where there would be a mitzvah of Yibum. And as well as that, his father had also died before him. So, if one performs chalitza to his Yivama, 
then Hare He is considered like one of all of the other brothers in terms of the inheritance. So if let's say there are five remaining brothers, they would all split the inheritance equally, and the brother who performed Chalitza would receive an equal portion to everybody else. I might have thought that since he did Chalitza, and he did something in order to not continue the legacy of his brother, I might have thought that perhaps he loses his share in the inheritance. But the Mishnah says, no, that is not the case. He's still considered a regular brother, and they all receive an equal share in the inheritance. However, if there is a father still alive, so then all of the property goes to the father, because he has precedence in terms of taking the inheritance to his children. However, on the other hand, one who brings in, one who performs Yibum with his Yivamah, he gains possession of all of the property of his brother who had died, and none of the other brothers or the father get it. As we have mentioned a number of times, Yibum is an act of becoming in place of the man who died, and one of the ways in which this is manifested is in terms of inheritance, that he is the one to stand in place in terms of his possessions as well, and he becomes the owner of all that the previous husband of the Yavama owned. However, Rabbi Yehuda says, Whether he did Chalitza or Yibum, If the father of the man who died is still alive, then the father gets everything. And even though the Yavam did perform Yibum, Rabbi Yehuda learns from Pesukim that as long as the father is alive, the Yavam cannot inherit that property. The Torah calls the Yavam a Bechur, a firstborn. That's how we learn that ideally the mitzvah is upon the oldest Yavam. And so Yehuda learns that just like a firstborn has unique laws when it comes to inheriting his father, however, all of that only starts once his father has died, then he receives double inheritance from his father after his father has died, so too a Yavam can only receive any inheritance once his father has died. And therefore, according to Huda, although if the father is dead, the Yovam would receive everything. If his father is still alive, then the father receives everything. Now, we have seen a couple of times already that Midra Bonon, we view Chalitza like Geirushin, like a divorce. Until the Shemais Yovam receives Chalitza, she has a Zika, a weak marital bond between the Yovam and the Shemais Yovam. And because of that, she is forbidden Midra from marrying anybody else. And Midrabbono, we view that like a full marital bond, such that he is forbidden to marry her relatives, and she is forbidden to marry his relatives. Just like it's forbidden to marry one's wife or husband's relatives. And this applies also after Chalitza, just like it applies after one divorces his wife. And because of that, one who performs Chalitza with his Yivama, who also Seha, he is forbidden to marry her relatives, whichever relatives would be forbidden in a case of a regular divorce, the he Asurbikrevav, and she is forbidden to marry his relatives. So which relatives is that? Who He is forbidden to marry her mother, over Aim and her mother's mother, over Aimoviha and her father's mother, over Vita and her daughter from a different marriage, of course, because if it was from the marriage with the man who died, then there wouldn't be an obligation of Yibam at all. So it must be that she had the daughter from a different husband. The obligation of Yibam, of course, depends on whether, the, on whether the man had a child. The fact that she has a child makes no difference to whether there's going to be an obligation of Yibam or not. And therefore there is an obligation of Yibam or Chalitza. And again, if he performs Chalitza, then he would be forbidden to marry her daughter, or her daughter's daughter, or her son's daughter. 
all of these relatives in a case of a regular divorce would be forbidden mid a and so in this case of Chalitza would be forbidden mid And the list continues, The Chalutza's sister is forbidden as long as the Chalutza is still alive. However, adds the mission of Ha'achin, the brothers of the Yovam who performed Chalitza, Mutorin, they are permitted to marry the Chalutza's relatives. Even though, if you think about it, there is a Zika to all of the brothers until Chalitza or Yibam is performed. And by this Yovam performing Chalitza, he gets rid of the Zika from all of the brothers. So in a way, he's just considered to be the messenger of all of the brothers. So I would have perhaps thought that whoever the man who did Chalitza is forbidden to marry, the same would apply to all of the brothers. But the mission is telling us that that is not the case, especially since this is only Midriya Bonon, they only made this decree upon the one who actually did Chalitza, since that is the one who is similar to a man who divorces his wife. Alright, now she is also forbidden with his relatives. However, many of this list are actually marriages which are already forbidden, even without the fact that she is a chalutza. For example, the Hiyasurba Oviv. She is forbidden to marry the dead man, meaning her husband's father. Now that's forbidden mid because she is his daughter-in-law. The Mishnah is just giving the full list of which relatives she is forbidden to marry. Uva Avi Oviv, and with her husband's father's father. Although that is not forbidden mid it's forbidden mid as a secondary erva, what is known as an Isra Mitzvah, which are relatives who are a bit more distant than immediate relatives, so they are only forbidden mid But again, he is forbidden to marry her even without the fact that she is a Chalutza. Just the fact that she was married to the man who died already forbids her. Now we're talking about her not marrying the relatives of the Yovam, the one who performed Chalitza. It's just, it's just that these last two examples, the reason why it is already forbidden is because they are also related to her original husband. Alright, Ubi Benoi. And she is forbidden to marry the son of the Yovam who performed Chalitza because she is his father's brother's wife. And that is forbidden mid Araisa. Uvavenbenoi and the grandson of the Yovam, the one who performed Chalitza. And this case is now only because of the Chalitza which was performed. If this was a case of divorce, then it would be forbidden mid as a secondary erva because she is his grandfather's wife, his grandfather's divorcee. So in this case of, Chali- of Chalitza, there is also a prohibition Midrabonon, since Chalitza is considered to be like a regular divorce Midrabonon. But Ochiv, she is also forbidden to marry the Yovam's brother. So if it's his brother on the father's side, then it's forbidden because it's forbidden to marry any of the Yovamim other than in the mitzvah of Yibum. She is their brother's wife. So if she's already performed Chalitza, then there is no longer a mitzvah of Yibum, and that prohibition of marrying one's brother's wife returns. And as well as that, if it is the Yovam's brother on his mother's side, so he was never a Yovam, however that is forbidden, because we view Chalitza like a regular divorce, and it is forbidden to marry one's brother's divorcee, over Benochiv, and it's also forbidden for her to marry her brother's son, because towards him she is his father's brother's divorcee. And if it's one's father's brother's divorcee on his father's side, his father's paternal brother, so then it's a prohibition mid Araisa. And if it's his father's brother on the mother's side's divorcee, then it is forbidden mid to marry her. But in either case, when it comes to Chalutza, a prohibition mid exists, since we view her exactly like a divorcee mid
All right, now the last part of this Mishnah requires the use of a diagram. So if you look, there's a diagram for Perek Dalad Mishnah Zayin. And the Mishnah tells us that A man is permitted to marry the relative. Our example is going to include a sister. So it is permitted to marry the sister of one's Chalutzos Tzora. So let's say the man who died left behind two wives and he performed Chalitza on one of them. You are allowed to marry the relatives of the other woman who you do not perform Chalitza on. And that makes sense because, as we have seen, Midrabonon, it is forbidden to marry the relatives of the Chalutza herself because we look at that as a divorce. But they did not include in that decree the other wives of the man who had died. So that is certainly permitted. However, says the Mishnah, the Osur, it is forbidden to marry, but Tsoras Kruivas Chalutzosai, the Tsora of one's Chalutzos relative. So in this case, it could be that the man who died only had one wife, and you performed Chalitza with her, and that woman, the Chalutza has a sister, and the man who is married to her sister is also married to another woman, so it would be forbidden for the man who performed Chalitza to marry that other woman. So if you look at the diagram, you've got Reuben and Shimon, Shimon died, and Reuben performed Chalitza with Shimon's wife, Leah. Now there's another man who is not related at all, he is called Moshe. And Moshe has two wives, one is Rochel, who happens to be the sister of Leah, and he has another wife, Chana, who is not related. So Chana is the Tzora of Rochel. She's married to the same man as Rochel is married to. And Rochel is the relative of Ruven's Chalutza, Leah. So that makes Chana Ruven's Tzoras Krebas Chalutzosai, the Tzora of his Chalutza's relative. And the reason why that is forbidden is Midrabonon. And although there are two very different ways to learn this part of the Mishnah, we are going to explain it in one of the ways given. And that is as follows. Chalitza is done in the Beistin. Now, if a woman goes to Beistin, she would generally bring along a relative of hers to accompany her. And so we're concerned that Leah, when performing Chalitza with Ruvain, she's going to bring Rachel with to Beistin. Now, those who are at Beistin when the Chalitza takes place could very easily make the mistake of thinking that it wasn't Leah who did Chalitza, but it was Rachel who did Chalitza. They're sisters, they might look alike. And they'll end up thinking that Rochel was the one who performed Chalitza. Which means that if Ruvain then goes and marries Rochel's Tzora, who in the example we gave is Chana, so it will appear to be that he is marrying the Tzora of his Chalutza. And it's forbidden to Arisa to marry the Tzora of his Chalutza. If a man dies with a number of wives, so after a Yovam has done Yibam or Chalitza to one wife, it is now forbidden to marry any of the other wives, because the regular Aveira of marrying one's brother's wife returns. And because it will appear like Ruven is marrying his Chalutza's Tzora, it is forbidden Midrabonon to marry the Tzora of his Chalutza's sister as well. Mishnachist, towards the beginning of the previous Mishnah, we learned that although it is forbidden for the man who performed Chalitza to marry the Chalutza's relatives, the brothers of the Yovam who performed Chalitza are allowed to marry the relatives of the Chalutza. So the Mishnah says, One who performs Chalitza with his Yovama, so let's say Shimon died and Ruven performed Chalitza with Shimon's wife Leah. And then another brother, Levi, Levi married the sister of the Chalutza. So Levi married Rochel, and that's shown on the diagram for this Mishnah. And then Vomais, Levi died. So now Rochel falls to Ruvain. Now Rochel is the relative of Ruvain's Chalutza. Ruvain performed Chalitza on Leah, 
And now Leo's sister falls to him for Yibamur Khalitsa. So Medrabonon, he cannot perform Yibum, because Medrabonon it's forbidden to marry the relative of his Khalutsa. However, Medo'oraisa, there is no such prohibition, and therefore Medo'oraisa, there is a regular mitzvah of Yibamur Khalitsa over here. So the Mishnah says, Chaylet says, Volemisabemes, she should do Khalitsa, not Yibum, just like whenever there is a sort of contradiction between Medo'oraisa and Medrabonon. Vechena Megarish's Ishtoi, similarly one who divorces his wife, and the Gemara actually says it should be read as Avol Hamagarish's Ishtoi. However, one who divorces his wife, this is not going to be the same as the previous case, because the difference between marrying the relatives of one's Chalutza and marrying the relatives of his divorcee is that it is forbidden Midoraisa to marry the relatives of his divorcee. Such that if Ruvain was married to Leah, and then he divorced Leah, and then his brother, let's say Levi, or we could call him Shimon, he marries her sister Rochel, Vomais, and then he dies. So now Rochel is Ruvain's divorcee's sister. And that's a total error of Amid Oraisa, such that she would be totally exempt from both Chalitza and Yibum, since she is an Erva to Ruvain and totally forbidden Amid Oraisa to perform Yibum. And therefore, we have the general rule of Kosh Eina Oil Yibum Eina Chalitza, that since she has no mitzvah of Yibum at all, there is also no mitzvah of Chalitza.